Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family, and happy Pride Month. It is time once again for Life Uncloseted. I'm your hostess with the mostest. Yeah, I've never said that on this before, right? Hostess with the mostest. <laughs> but I feel like it's a fit for this month, and um, I'm really excited about this podcast, but I want to remind you, remind you, remind you that if your life is just totally fucked up and you feel like you can't get anywhere you're wanting to go, maybe you need to hop over to my website and take that little, little assessment, like how do you live an unapologetic life? You can get there by going to nofearsnoexcuses.com or noexcusesnofears.com, whatever your martini drink has forced you to like understand what I just said. Either way, you're going to get to the right space and get that taken care of. So today I want to dive into pride, 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 and those differences, the way people see things. And in the dark rooms of a Zoom meeting about six weeks ago, off in those dark rooms, like kind of being in a dark bar, I ran into this young guy and I'm like, oh, number one, he's hot. Oh, number two, he's actually evolved. Oh, I think we're gonna be friends. And lo and behold, that's kind of what it's turned into. So we decided we're gonna do this fun little podcast and see what it looks like, the battle of the old guy with the young guy, and see how we both view pride and coming out and dating and all this sort of stuff that us gay men do. I'm so excited to welcome my new friend, Anthony Gadolino, to the podcast, and I can't wait to share him with everyone in the world. So welcome, buddy. Rock and roll. Thanks for the nice introduction. It's very kind of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you uh... know, if you hadn't walked into that dark Zoom room, I don't know if we'd ever win it, so... (laughs) Uh, it was just I, what, uh, yeah, it was just what, just what was called for. Right. The universe uh, said, you bitches need to meet. And we're like, okay, fine. And then suddenly there we were. So, um, anyway, you don't remember I'm, though, I actually, I actually, I actually sought you out first. Yes, you and did. And then, sh- then a couple months later showed up in that dark room. So yeah, I played a yeah. little hard to get at first. I'm like, well, we'll, <laughs> see. we'll see if, you know, let's see if I have room on my roster for another little cute gay man in my life. So. There we go. But um, Ah. anyway, I'm so excited to be having this conversation because we've had great conversations over the last six weeks or so, getting to know each other and just really realizing that there's some great stuff here. So really quickly, let's kind of set the tone. I came out at 36 years old. You came out at? 16. 16. 16 years old, yes. Bitch, 20 years younger than I was, you know? At 16, I didn't even know if I was like, okay, do I have pubic hair or not? <laughs> so, um, but so, but there was a little bit of concern there, right? Because you, you kind of came out, but you still kind of held back. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like I came out to the world. I don't even actually remember what that little, sp- what, what that was that caused me to do it. Other than being in theater and you know always being around gay men. Oh, there we um, go, theater. Hello, but, holler. But <laughs> but, uh, but I, I came out. My girlfriends are all super excited. Um, and while I feel like everyone found out, including the school, everything, uh, I held it. I held it back from my parents. Um, mm-hmm. 
which I had a great relationship with, but it was, so it was all in my mind. It was all fearful that they would not like the idea. And so for the next six years, I, I hid that from them and became what was, what was a good kid to like lying all the time. And, you know, eventually, you know, the rest is history, but uh, it, it was, is. it was a rough patch for a little while. Yeah. But you also have an interesting thing because you're not the only gay one. No. Mm -mm. There's We're not talking about mom total. and dad either. So No, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, my, my oldest brother, Justin, he's, he's gay as well. And I always knew he was gay because he was a little more feminine uh, back mm -hmm. in the day. Uh, not so much anymore. Um, but I really didn't even think about what it was. It was one of those things that I just never gave an idea to it, it being a problem or what it was or, um, mm -hmm. but knowing that it was different. I definitely remember, you know, that whole phase in your life when you started experiencing, uh, um, you know, masturbation, uh, mm -hmm. and would just, mm -hmm. my mind would just gravitate towards men. Yep. And then, uh, you know, you finish your business and you're like, Oh, what was I doing? What was right. I thinking? Right. <laughs> um, and that's when I really dawned on me that this could be a little different. It can be totally you know? different. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting because I went through very similar stuff, but at 19, I did come out. So really you only beat me by like three years, but I then went back in the <laughs> closet. And I remember those moments of, okay, I'm finally going to do this. I'm going to tell my parents, here's the deal. And even as I told them, I kind of knew intuitively like, okay, I'm admitting this, but I'm not quite ready to be there. And in a way I'm, I am glad that I didn't because those who've listened to this podcast for a while kind of know this story because it was right at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. And I was very naive. I hadn't really had any sexual experiences other than a few with guys. I'd had a couple with girls, but I'd never, you know, I'd never like, <laughs> gone into the cave of the <laughs> vagina okay you know it's like not going there yet um and then it happened that i did come out and then there's a whole twist and turn of you can't be this and all this sort of stuff and and i went back in but yet through the years after that there was always this i know this is who i am but i don't think i should be this but every step of the way, there was a little bit more of that wall starting to break down and break down. It's like, okay, you could be this, but okay, you're going to be this, but you are this and you're fine, you know, and then boom, that, that door finally got kicked open. And it was just an interesting journey to kind of be there. So what was the thing that finally pushed you over that edge? Like, okay, mom, dad, we're just going to have this conversation. Uh, again, I don't even really remember that that spark other than maybe just, you know, complete frustration of, of all the lies. And, you know, I worked at, a, at for a little while at um, about a year at a restaurant called Mark's on La Cienega in, in mm -hmm. West Hollywood when I lived there mm -hmm. for a few years. You know, all, all gay owned, primarily gay restaurant. And, you know, they didn't they never knew I worked there. Um, I, I really, to be honest, don't recall what it was other than just I was home visiting them. Mm -hmm. um, my, my boyfriend at the time who. Uh, was I, I was treating myself unhealthy, so so he was very unhealthy for me as well. Uh, I learned more and more that we attract how we're feeling on the inside. And he came home with me, and I'm sitting by the fireplace. Um, we had a bonfire outside with my dad, and kind of just came out and told him. And uh, he claimed he had no idea, uh, wow. no idea. Uh, and then I went inside. I told my mother right after, and she claimed she had an S on. What does she have an S on her forehead for stupid? Hmm. Of course she knew. She's a mom. I think all moms know whether they want to believe it or not. They, they all know. Uh, 
And her concern was that, what do I tell the family? And I think that's what a, a lot of it comes down to, whether you're mm-hmm. uh, in religion and you're like, what do I tell the church what, for the family, like all the family, whether they're, they're going to believe it or not, or, or they're going to like it or not. It's almost more because I think ultimately a parent wants to love their child, at least from the research that I've done or from what I've uh, experienced. But right. Um, it's interesting because we kind of get to that space. And first of all, I want to address something. So, bitch, you worked at Mark's. I am. I bet our paths might have crossed because I used to go to that restaurant all the time when I lived in Southern California. So we'll, we'll have that conversation off, yeah, off this yeah, podcast so again. But, uh, but it is so interesting how we put these ideas into our mind and then suddenly, okay, we knew this. And so many of my friends were like, uh, yeah, duh, we knew. <laughs> and I'm talking like married friends who knew me and my wife and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, why didn't you give me the wake up call then? Even though I knew, I knew intuitively in myself, this was it too. But it was shocking to see how many people were like, uh, yeah, we get it. So I'm curious though, what did your brother think? Was he like, okay, I knew or, you know, that's <laughs> an interesting kind of place to play. It's like, hmm, where, where was Nobody had, very few people had any idea. Really? Very, uh, I just, I, I never was a very effeminate kind of uh, man. Yeah. Um, and so well, I thought you, had, I thought you were a weird stalker when you first reached out to me. I'm like, okay, I don't know about this not, one. Yeah. He's a little bit He's too not here butch. to participate. He's yeah. here to, he's undercover cop. Yeah, he's something. undercover. He's going, he's actually the anti <laughs> antichrist coming into the group. Like I am going to convert you. Uh, which I don't believe in, which again, I think that's something else we make and we, we end up making uh, up in our heads. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, I had funny enough was, so he was very into Tori Amos uh, mm-hmm. We had just left a Tori Amos concert in Southern Massachusetts and it was like a two and a half hour drive home. And I tried the whole concert to tell him the whole concert again, knowing that he was going to love and respect me and, and care for me. It's this, that story we tell ourselves in our head. Yep. And we literally pull into the driveway at my parents' house where I lived. And I was, you know, I was like, you know, they could, parents could be, you know, upset with me for a number of reasons for the fact that I smoke cigarettes, the fact that I smoke marijuana, for the fact mm-hmm. that I'm gay, for the fact that I'm not making enough money. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Remind me, what did you just say? And I was like, make enough money? <laughs> he's right. like, no. He's like, and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you know, someone had told me that and I wouldn't, I didn't believe him. <laughs> Both my brothers were told that I was gay okay. and they didn't, he couldn't believe that I waited so long to tell him because he was so excited. And next thing you know, he, we become best friends. Of course. It was, we went to concerts together. We ended up living under the same roof together in Los Angeles. We, he was the supportive brother that went to the, underage uh the under 21 clubs because i wasn't 21 because he's six years older we would hit rage every night on on uh mm-hmm. santa monica boulevard on thursdays 18 plus yeah. <laughs> just so Amazing. we could he could support me it was it was pretty sweet yeah that is sweet and that that shows the power of part of what you are you do as a coach too about that piece of being authentic and having the courage to finally go okay i'm doing this i'm i'm going to go be who i am and I'm curious, as you work with the segment of the population that I don't work with as much, you work with guys in their 20s and 30s, I'm mm-hmm. curious what you find to be somewhat of a common thread about that, that courage piece, because it's interesting, that's kind of something I focus on a lot with my guys in the 40s on up, is what, it, what does it take to have the courage to do that thing you most want to do, whether that be come out, be authentic, Go build a business, 
walk away from a relationship. I'm curious, what is it that the 20 to 30 somethings kind of holds them back from stepping into either that authenticity or that courage space? Um, I've, I think now I've stumped him because there's a big, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I've been thinking about this for a while. Um, cause I've been coaching people for a while and for, believe it or not, for a long time, I didn't even know it wanted to be specifically gay men. And it, and it mm -hmm. only, it only made sense that I, I help, you know, other men that, you know, we've had the same thoughts and the same feelings and emotions, that kind of thing. We understand each other. Right. I think what's happening right now is just, you know, it, and it's been happening for a long time, but you know, mental health, uh, mm -hmm. The whole status uh, grinder kind of things, yeah. um, apps that really we're constantly comparing ourselves, constantly needing to be better. And we're just going at it in all the wrong ways. You know, we want to be sexier. We want to, you know, feel better. We want to um, have more friends. We want to, you know, be more attractive. And we're, we're doing it on the outward, on the outside of things rather than going inside. So that voice inside of our heads continues to get louder and louder, that inner dialogue. And we don't speak up about it. Mm -hmm. And one of my one of my big uh, I, I, I'm just kind of in this to help revive humanity, revive them of their greatness. So help them speak their truth so they can they can become more comfortable with actually speaking about what's going on inside of them, whatever that may be. And then from that gets, you know, gains more courage from that. They speak more truth from that. That that weight comes down, just like when you come out of the closet. Um, and I think that's where we're, we're in different businesses almost where you're on the opposite end of the spectrum where people haven't necessarily come out, um, where a lot of the twenties and thirties, they've already come out. So they already feel like, Oh, I already, I already have this weight lifted off, but why do I still feel so lost and sad and, um, not like myself, the self that I really want to, I really dream of being, right. um, it's, it's so, yeah. Those, that was one of those Oprah mic drop moments, what you just said. <laughs> I mean, but it, that's to where people re, it, to help humanity revive themselves to speak their truth. That's huge. And I think even so for everybody listening, we're recording this right now, like kind of in the midst of the whole COVID thing just this week, a lot of states are opening, reopening. And I think there's a lot of reviving humanity that's going to come with what's happening. And I keep saying Everybody's going to be coming out of the closet now in a whole lot of ways, whether it's coming out of the closet of, I'm not going back to work in the office. Uh -uh. I kind of <laughs> like this thing to, oh my God, I can't, I can't see myself going back to the gym or whatever it might be because some things have been discovered. And I think a lot of people are going to come out on a lot of different fronts about what they are willing to be and do in the world at this stage. And of course, we've seen that in a lot of different ways on the news. And I'm not even going to get into that. But I think it is a really interesting space that you just brought up, Anthony, about that reviving humanity to speak their truth, because I think we've become numb to that mm -hmm. not because of fake news or anything else. I think we're afraid to speak our truth. I think we don't find it politically correct to speak our truth. And we have allowed ourselves to just go, OK, I don't really have to say who I really am because I need to fit in, in whatever yes. that is in life. And it's, it's really going the wrong way at it, but, it, but, mm -hmm. you know, this really stems from our, our childhood and no one's to blame. I'm not about judging anybody or pointing fingers, but our education system is old. Yep. Is, yep. is your cell phone the way it was when it first came out? No. Mm -hmm. How about that automobile? No, no, no. Every, the world is constantly changing. So if our education system is still the same and right. mind you, it is, it is making progress. 
I've heard of this schools down in the South that are teaching kids how to um, uh, meditate. If they get in mm -hmm. trouble through a detention, they are learning how to meditate and they're not getting detentions anymore. Right. Yep. So there's, you know, there's all these great things that we could be teaching humans as a whole to, to live more fruitfully, not and necessarily be, a and be who you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. it's kind of weird. I feel like you were, I feel like you were in my dream last night, not in a weird way, but you brought up this whole thing about the cell phone. And I'm like, okay, my, one of my dreams last night was like, my fucking cell phone is not working. Everything is going haywater. I got to go get a phone now on top of everything else I got to try to do during this. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, wow. He was there. He brought the cell phone thing up, but, um, so Love it. let's kind of go into this space of, okay, here you are, you are 39 today, the day this thing is actually airing. So I know we just really fucked with everybody. Like, okay, you just told us you were recording this. No, the day <laughs> that this is releasing is his 39th birthday. And I'm curious for you, you're like right, you're just about right there to step into the next decade. What's something you feel like has guided you the most as a man to be where you are? Not as a gay man, to be where you are just right now as a gay, as a man that has helped you the most. Something that has guided me the most to be where I am, it, it, something that maybe happened in my past or it happens just anything currently. that you know is kind of like this is that thing that constantly guides me, or it could be something in your past. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, other than it, it just seems so right where I'm at now, it keeps on guiding me in this direction. Mm -hmm. um, I have the most fun doing it. Gotcha. But it's been, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a handful of things really mm -hmm. the years because uh, my past was dark. I. I, I did lots of drugs. I abused my body. Uh, I have, uh, was this, you know, self uh, imaging, like constantly judging my body, my mind, my soul. Uh, I was depressed. Um, but right before all of that, I, I used to work in this small little pizzeria that my father owned. And while he wasn't this Buddhist kind of monk kind of guy, he had all these happiness books on the shelf and he would constantly talk to me about them. And in that moment, um, I don't want to hear about it. It didn't make any sense. I thought, what is this baloney he's trying to teach me? Mm -hmm. And I really think that those le those lessons, even though I didn't really pay attention to them, they 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 must have gone into my subconscious or something. And and it, I think it really helped um, me pay attention to those sparks when I was really dark and depressed, mm -hmm. uh, in a dark state, whatever. Um, I think it helped me kind of just want to try a little bit more, mm -hmm. try a little bit harder. And while it took me a long time to get out of that space, you know, I didn't really seek help. Um, mm -hmm. that's why I love the power of coaching because we can bring so much awareness to, to people's mindsets, um, get yeah. them to think, uh, uh, different things about themselves that they never even would have considered. Um, and I'm even diving even further into a group coaching. I'm about to launch a, a group coach, um, group coaching for gay men where you're, you're in it together and you can mm -hmm. really help support each other. And that's when the power of community, um, support, uh, just that loving space really helps people thrive really yeah. you know you, you feel like you're not alone because none mm -hmm. of us are alone mm -hmm. um but it's interesting as men that then i'm gonna keep the gay men piece of it on the shelf for a minute first of all we're kind of geared towards i'll figure this out i'll just do it i can oh, do yeah it. it's all just it's all me <laughs> and then you add the layers of the gay men bullshit on top of that of i'm not a worthy i'm not accepted i can't be this i got to be even more masculine because i'm gay so much of this holds us from stepping into that power of, okay, I need to be part of something bigger than myself. I need to have a group of people. I mean, you, 
Anthony's been participating in a couple of my groups that I'm just doing, you know, kind of on the side, like, Hey, just show up. And it's so fascinating to see people showing up and, and having that community piece that they don't even know anybody, but yet they're opening up about stuff that I'm like, this is really powerful that you feel this comfortable and it's going to help so many people what you're doing to step into that truth and be who they want to be. And it doesn't have to be as scary as you might think. I know for me, that question I just asked you about what's guided you. I think part of what's gotten me where I am today is to own a whole lot of my, my stuff that I thought was going to kill me. And I'm like, okay, well no. If I can get through that, then I can get through this. Oh, and then that came. Oh, yeah. And I got through that. Oh, and then that came up. It's realizing, even though in the moment, (laughs) there are days I'm like, yeah, fuck this. (laughs) But in the fuck this, I'm like, wait. This compared to that? Really? (laughs) How bad is this really? You know, because if you think, if you think, and I, and I like to use the whole, like the the whole thought, like, like when I look back and I look over my shoulder and think like, what was all the fuss about? Yes. Because, uh, you know, the only way I continue to, to make progress or get better or have healthier thoughts, uh, uh, have a, 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 my body be re- react to different foods, which is a struggle for me because I love to eat. Um, mm. and, and, you know, so many things are in our foods these days that they, I shouldn't eat certain things and I continue to do so. Um, but all the struggles, everything I've gone back, now I look back and I think, man, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Like, what was all the fuss about? Exactly. But the only way that I continue to move forward is by speaking my truth, uh, being as authentic as possible, and ultimately showing up to things that feel right and extracting things that don't feel so good. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think an it's important... interesting. Yeah, it's very important. And here's the thing that I think is so interesting about being here in Pride Month and realizing that, you know, there's still challenges ahead for us as the LGBTQ community. But sure. what we're talking about is really putting all this in perspective. And one of my friends posted something on Facebook and she's a ally. She's a great gal, straight woman. She's in her probably early sixties. We used to do some work together and she's very, she's just very um, poignant in how she posts things that could turn into something very political, but she just knows how to delicately drop something. And she dropped something in today that I thought was really cool knowing that you and I were going to have this conversation because Mm -hmm. I knew we kind of talk about generational sort of stuff. And what she dropped in her Facebook post today was something about, you know, if you feel like you're, you're the government's making you uncomfortable and you're having to stay at home and blah, 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 blah. Let's put this in perspective. And basically, and I'll try to do this really quickly. It's like, if you were born in 1900 on your 14th birthday, world war one started and 22 people lost their lives. And then if you were 20, that's when the flu pandemic hit. And 50 million people lost their lives. And then on your 29th birthday, the Great Depression hit and unemployment was at this. And then by the time you were 33, the country had nearly collapsed. And then when you turned 39, World War II started. And by your 41st birthday, the United States pulled out of World War II. And then at 50, the Korean War started. And then at 75, the Vietnam War started. Interesting. People can survive that. I think you can survive a couple of months of sitting your ass in the house. And getting by <laughs> absolutely and i think for but, but, us as lgbtq people sometimes we forget to really honor what this month is really all about about all the people who have gone before us 
and all the people who yet have to go through this because it's not perfect anywhere. And it's just so powerful to put things in perspective. So now you can talk now that I'm off my no, no, soapbox. I love that was great. I've never thought of it that way. Mm -mm. I um, hadn't either until I saw that. And I was like, whoa, she just took a whole bunch of people to church with that one post. Because yeah. <laughs> ultimately, if you're a human being, yes, uh, what, what, where, it doesn't matter where you were raised, how much money is in your bank account, how much money was in your parents' bank account when you were a kid. None of that matters. Mm -mm. Everyone's mm -mm. had hardships. All of mm -hmm. us, whether you're gay or straight. Yes. If you're a man, you're told not to cry about it. Like, like yeah, there's, exactly. there's all these things that happen, whether it's our grandmother that passed at five or whatever. Right. I think, I think, I think now it better than ever is a great time just to go inward. And if you don't understand what that means, most people are f focused on their outside appearance when they ignore what's going on on the inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they, they're, they may stand tall and proud, but when pride comes, they're just all about getting wasted. Right. Mm -hmm. I I've been there. Years, yep. but mm -hmm. but shouldn't it be a day to celebrate you being you? Absolutely. Isn't it there a, a, a reminder to celebrate you being beautiful, authentic, whether you feel it or not? Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel it, it's because you just didn't give yourself enough credit. Yep. You haven't given your you haven't given that aspect, that part of your life, enough attention. And let me tell you, oh, it's seeking every ounce of your attention. That heart that's still beating, mm -hmm. oh, it's it's seeking every ounce of your attention. So. Absolutely. Um, you know, you just said something interesting. So much. There's something, yeah, we don't give ourselves enough credit, number one, but you just said something really interesting about going inward. And that I think it'd be interesting to explore that for a, a little bit because, again, you and I work with two different kind of generational sets of gay men. I find the guys in their 40s on up, they really, they really, really fight that going in <laughs> because they've had all those additional years on their shoulder, especially my group. So my group, as you know, are sure. mostly guys who are, are either married or just came out of heterosexual marriages. And so there's a lot of baggage there and that being able to go inward is like, <laughs> it is like digging in the hardest dirt you can find because I'm not supposed to do that. I am not supposed to go inward. I'm not supposed to have feelings. I'm not supposed to have emotions yet. They're so emotional. And I'm curious, do you find that with the, the guys that you work with? Is it as, is that as difficult? And I know that's kind of a loaded question because it depends on the person, but I mean, just in general, do you find the 20 to 30 somethings struggle with that going inward too? Um, I think because there's a lot more awareness about it. Yep. Not necessarily so much. You got to also remember that our, our bodies, our, our minds are like a, like a hardware. Yep. And over the years, we've been adding software to it. Yep. And we've been wiring our system to have all these beliefs, all these habits, all these, uh, you know, deep hearted feelings and emotions. And then, you know, uh, we have more experiences. So, so the, the, the less you or the, the more that you ignore going inward, the more wired you become to be in this like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. hard headed person. Maybe that's the wrong thing to say. Or no, it just, is right. You know, you're just, you're, you're, you think the way you think and there's like no room for growth. Right. It's like that old, teach an old dog new tricks. My dog is almost 11 years old and I am teaching him new tricks because mm -hmm. I can't stomach some of the things he does sometimes. <laughs> you know, you really shouldn't uh, talk about your husband that way. I'm just saying. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, 20s and 30s, I think, I think it all depends on how, how lost they've, how off track they've gotten by their mm -hmm. mental health um, yeah. with the status and their, 
you know, being on Grinder and having to look a certain way and being popular and that kind of thing, having the likes and, you know, just social media can really take a big toll on people. But I think in a different way, they haven't been so uh, embedded into living um, a certain way. They're more open to uh, change. I agree. And I think it's interesting to kind of, again, go back to perspective a little bit. So I came out in 1999. So it's been 20, just, just over 20 years now. And in 1999, if somebody had uttered the words consciousness or vulnerability, mm-hmm. people were like, what? What, you, what, what you talking about? <laughs> but then I think about somebody in their 20s and those words they kind of grew up with like as much as they've grown up with likes and Instagram and all this other stuff. So it's, it's that what you said about the software is there. The software has been brought into their life. So consciousness, vulnerability, empathy, compassion, those words are just part of the makeup, whether they use them or not, you know, I don't think they use them. That's the problem. Right. Whereas my generation, so the 40 to 60 some and, and beyond those words are like foreign materials. They're like, (laughs) not good antibodies that you should be consuming, you know, just like drinking bleach. But, um, it's those things that they don't know, wait, how am I supposed to understand this? Because that's not something I was introduced to, but yet you put those guys in a car and say, here, it's a stick shift. Hey, no problem. Got that handled. Right. So I think it's an interesting way to look at how we as LGBTQ people, especially as gay men play in the world where we were brought up to understand, Oh, this is why I fight this so much. There's going to be stuff that the 20, 30 year olds 20 years from now are going to look at the next generation and go, but how are they doing that so easily? Well, because they're going to have grown up with this. Like every time I go to Apple stores, when they were open, it was always amazing to see like the little tiny tykes, like holding an iPad. I'm like, you're not even out of your freaking diapers yet. And you're like, nah, nah, nah. you know, they're playing with the iPad, you know? And it's kind of the similar thing with us as gay men. And again, the LGBTQ community where we have to pay perspective to what somebody's grown up with versus where they are in their life. But I think you're right. They're not using the empathy, compassion, vulnerability, even at mm-hmm. 20 and 30 years old. So what makes it important to you to use that for yourself? Repeat the question, please. <laughs> is no, this I, I do not repeat. Up? You're young enough. Your <laughs> hearing is damn good. No, what it, what it, what it, what encourage, what, I can't wait to, for us to actually be able to sit and really have a conversation like across the and, you know, and table from each other and like polish hey, a few that. bottles of wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but for you, why, why do you allow yourself to step into vulnerability, empathy, you know, that, that space of being conscious. Why do you let yourself go there? And I'm not saying you're on all hundred percent of the time. I, I'm going to just, none of us are, but when you do sure. allow it, why do you let yourself go there? Because I understand it's power. Mm. I understand that it only adds more beauty and strength and, and courage and makes my life more dynamic. Uh, mm-hmm. Not better than anyone else, but just for my own self, I get to, I get to wake up and feel better. Um, mm. And, and that alone, it's, it's almost like once, once you, like, I, I love to teach people little tools that I've gained over the years uh, that, that help improve their life. Mm-hmm. And they work for me, and they, they might not work for you, but the chances are they will. 
And so I love, I love when I have these tools that I utilize, mind you, you got to use them because they only work if you use them. Uh, but when I use them and I, and I experience right then and there, their power mm -hmm. and it will be like a shift in consciousness, a shift in thinking, you know, I, I've learned how to diminish that, that inner dialogue that drowns everyone's soul. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone in that. That's, I mm -hmm. want to build a program that's just based upon that head talking, that inner dialogue. And I, I, it doesn't even really take over control. It barely takes over my control anymore. Um, some, and it, and it is, it's the tools. It's the tools if you don't use them. It, I mean, nobody can see this. Anthony can see it, but there's a chair right over my shoulder in my office here. It's a beautiful <laughs> rattan chair. I hardly ever use it, but I won't let go of it. But I'm like, well, that's where a Peloton bike could go. But then I'm like, well, would I put a $5,000 Peloton bike and not use it over there too? It's kind of <laughs> like, bitch, you got to use whatever you're going to buy, you know? And I think it's powerful when we finally get that piece of this you can use and you said it so beautifully you can use vulnerability you can use consciousness you can use these things when you truly get the power for you doesn't have to be the power for everybody else mm -hmm. the power for you and the benefit that those things bring to you in your life that's completely and also simplify things mm -hmm. because too many of us we have too much stuff on the outside mm -hmm. in our homes in our minds, in our, in our, in our, uh, you know, it's too much stuff. We need yep. to simplify things and use those things, not become a minimalist. Yep. But you know, if you're, if your home is overcrowded with stuff, that's a reflection of how you're feeling on the inside. Yes. And so I think it's important to really, you know, if you don't need it, throw it away, get rid of exactly. it. And that, that becomes a, an addiction in itself. It's so interesting. You said that because yesterday I ventured to target, I had my mask on all that good stuff. And I was going for just a few things. And I was really proud that I actually only walked out with those few things. But I thought, this is kind of interesting. I'm going to go do a walkabout because it was kind of like, you know, <laughs> the Badlands of nobody around. So, I'm, hey, let's it's not let's, Ikea. Let's, yeah. It's yeah. not Ikea, Rick, where you have no. to go all the way through. No, Target, you don't. You choice. No, you don't. Well, there were little like, okay, <laughs> lines on the floor. You go this way, right? And I wandered around and I was like, oh, I, look at those T-shirts. Oh, look at those shorts. And then I'm like, okay, I do need some T-shirts. But I was like, wow, I'm not like rushing to get anything. There's mm -hmm. nothing I need. And I'm so glad I feel like I've gotten to that space, except for wine. Um, wine will always be a necessity of some sort. Um, <laughs> but I, I think this is what so much of this has done is to really bring us to the space of what is it that you really, and I'm not even going to say need because that word gets overused, but what is it you really desire that needs to, that should be in your life versus what do I need? And I like putting that into what do you desire that you really would like to have in your life? And that mm -hmm. really should be a part of it. It's such a different way to look at things. And I, I hope people who are listening to this today really look at pride and why should pride be a part of your life? And I love what you said about it's about celebrating you being you. Because to me, that is the reason for pride. It should be a part of your life in the way that works best for you. And I know some people listening to this are like, I would never go to a pride festival. Then cool. Then don't. Because that's how pride will work for you. And there'll be others like, I wouldn't miss a pride festival then great, be you in those moments and let that be what guides you. So before we wrap up here, 
my good friend buddy that we met in a dark zoom room um <laughs> what does pride mean for you the uh, truth um beauty uh existence um celebrating life but but while it's a beautiful thing june you know it's pride month that kind of thing it should be celebrated on a daily basis mm -hmm. if you don't have anything to be grateful for at all in your life when you open your eyes in the morning that's great that's grace right there that's mm -hmm. that's beauty yeah. and if you're breathing and you're on this planet what is it like the, the odds of being alive are like 400 trillion to one let that let that soak in 400 mm -hmm. trillion to one something like 600 million billion trillion things have to happen on a cellular level every time you smile every time you sorry every time you breathe yep I'm not a scientist, but look up some crazy facts about, about being a human. And if you're breathing and you're on this planet and you happen to be a man that likes another man or a woman that likes another woman or just as a per you're, you're on this planet, celebrate good times. Come on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but celebrate respectively. Treat right. yourself with more kindness. That's, that's what it means. I love it. Um, I love it. You know, and it's, pride... it's a daily effort. It is a daily effort. And one of the things that I've always, when I, I got asked that question years and years ago on a podcast that I was being interviewed on. And so I've kind of tried to make it part of when we do the pride month stuff to always ask that question. And when I got asked it, it was interesting. And now this phrase has become a through line in many, many things that I do from talks to workshops, to podcasts. My response was pride for me is about giving myself permission. Permission to be me, do me, live me, and to show up as me in the world. It's just about permission. And I hope as you all have listened to this and heard the two of us share and quip and have some fun back and forth that each of you will bring your truth, your beauty, your existence, your pride, and your permission forward to celebrate pride not only this month, but every day of your life to be totally who you're meant to be in the world. So thank you, Anthony, for being here. I'm so glad our paths crossed and that we've been able to share many, many fun moments over the last six weeks and many more to come. But thank you for sharing yourself fully and being part of this podcast, man. Totally. Absolutely. Totally thank you so much. It. Yeah. Right back at you for this platform, uh, just spreading love and the beauty and wisdom it's, it's it's pretty empowering so i appreciate that thank you Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family, another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.